Hey there, friends. Jay Revel here. Welcome to another edition of Mid-Am Crisis. I hope you are doing well and hopefully preparing for a little bit more golf in your life as we get ever so closer to the return of daylight savings time. Uh, in spring, I know a lot of the country has been buried in snow and other frigid temperatures, but uh, uh, we will soon be in the land of uh, golfing daydreams once again. Uh, speaking of golfing daydreams, this week I had an opportunity to speak with one of my good friends, uh, someone who I've got the chance to know in recent years, and uh, I continue to enjoy seeing his work and getting to know him more. Uh, that's Michael Williams of uh, uh, the wonderful blog, A Continuous Lean. Uh, he is producing some really great stuff out in the world today. He's actually getting ready to launch a new, um, I guess you would call it a subsidiary site called aclgolf.com, uh, where he will talk about what he likes to call the concentric circles of golf uh, that involve a lot of the things he loves about the world and where they intersect with the game. I'm really excited to see how that comes together for him. And we had a chance to catch up uh, for a pretty lengthy discussion. Um, we've got a lot of similarities when it comes to family life and uh, professional life and things that we enjoy in the world. And uh, he's just always one of those guys that it's really easy to get lost in conversation with, particularly when it's uh, involving golf. So a great conversation teed up for you this week. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Um, Michael, again, if you're not following his work with the continuous lean, I would highly recommend you go jump into that world and keep an eye out for what he's got coming in the golf space soon. Um, anywho, uh, for those of you who maybe are new to listening to the show or those of you who, uh, are, are longtime listeners, I wanted to always let you know how much I appreciate your support. If you get a chance, go and maybe leave us a review on iTunes or at what, whatever your favorite listening platform may be. It helps to get the word out about what we've got going on here at Mid-Am Crisis. Uh, and if you get a chance, tell your friends too. We, uh, I've just enjoyed so much hearing from people uh, uh, around the world who are listening to the show that find uh, a little bit of uh, a space to connect with like-minded golfers and uh, that's what this is all about. You know, we're all uh, we're all golf lovers going through life uh, in a, a similar fashion. And these conversations are intended to be a reflection of that. So I appreciate you listening. Uh, always. Thanks for tuning in. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Michael Williams. I think you're really going to like this one. Michael. Jay. How you doing, pal? Good. Nice to nice to talk to you. Thanks for thanks for having me. Yeah. Glad to uh have an opportunity to chat and catch up a touch. What uh what you been up to? I've been you know, it's uh I don't know if you've heard there's a there's a global pandemic going. <laughs> Do you have you heard anything about that? Well, you know, I'm in Florida, so <laughs> we get a, a bit slant on things, uh depending yeah. on what day it is and which way the wind's blowing. That's nice, you know, in Florida, no winter and uh and no pandemic. You know, just act like it doesn't exist. Yeah. Just just another day in you know, the weird world. Uh <laughs> but uh yeah, no, it's 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 I think around here, um Tallahassee's unique because you know, pretty highly educated, uh left leaning community mm -hmm. um in the you know, vast wilderness of North Florida. And um <laughs> Uh, which is my homeland. Uh, you grew and, up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew. I, I call it the the hinterlands. I, I grew up in a little 
little town just outside of Tallahassee and made the move over to the big city for, uh, to study at the illustrious Florida state university and <laughs> have, uh, been lingering around ever since. And, nice. um, but it's good. So it's the, the pandemic effects are, are, are still, still, you know, happening around here. I think everybody's ready to, ready to get yeah. back out though. Yeah, I th- I think everyone is ready to be done with this thing to some degree, at least like get a new shade of it, you know? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's for sure. You, you know what I find interesting about Florida? Uh, and so I'm from Ohio originally, um, but my father does live in Florida and certain times a year, and I've been to the state a few times. But the interesting thing to me is that it's the only state in the South that gets more Southern the further North you go. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about which that. Is, which is kind of funny and, and unique in that way, right? There's a lot of different versions of Florida sort of floating around. Yeah, I would. I tell most people that you know the South, as most people like to think of it, generally ends um, somewhere a little south of, uh, of Gainesville. You know, if you're kind of going down that I-75 corridor, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, the little, <laughs> little outpost of, Micanopy down there is about the, you know, about the end of it. Um, but there's, there's some good, there's some good pockets throughout the state. Um, I have, I have gone, you know, really found an affinity over, you know, the years of spending less and less time on the interstate and more time on the back roads and, and mm-hmm. you know, Florida off the beaten path is actually a pretty neat and, and in some ways romantic place. Uh, there are a ton of little towns and a lot of really good golf, little unique golf courses in those towns uh, yeah. littered all over the map that have been sort of forgotten ever since, you know, the interstates came about, but uh, yeah, they're fun to go explore. What's it? I, so I, so I have a podcast a little bit, I guess I could call it that. I, I don't, I don't want to fully own up to that. I mostly have a <laughs> newsletter. We can get into that. Um, but I'm sort of forcing my podcast on people, you know, via this newsletter. Um, but I, you know, so it's hard for me to not ask you tons of questions, but I have a question about just the golf mm-hmm. in Florida. What's it like in the summer? I mean, cause I, <laughs> I sort of toss this around, you know, I sort of say, you know, California is and Hawaii are kind of the two most comfortable year round golf States. Yeah, that's, I think that's accurate. Um, but what do you do in the summer? How do you manage it? Well, uh, in my recent appearance on No Laying Up's Strap Tallahassee season, I <laughs> referred to it as uh, walking around in the devil's jock strap for three months a year, and that's uh, I, that's not an overstatement. That's pretty accurate. It's it gets really hot. Now I will tell you, you know, it's kind of like uh, what was that? You know, Dark Knight Rises. You know, uh, you know, using the Bane voice. It's like I was born in it. You know, so I don't it doesn't phase me that much. In fact, I kind of, in some ways I kind of like it. Um, you know, those, those long summer evenings, you know, when you go out, you know, there's days where I won't, I won't play until six thirty PM, you know, you still can get mm-hmm. nine holes in it with me and the dog. And that, that's wonderful. I, I really enjoy that. We got a great little Tuesday night game out at our place, uh, that, uh, you know, kicks off at five thirty and, um, that's fun. makes summer, you know, really fun. Anytime you can make Tuesday something you really look forward to, that's, um, yeah. that's a nice gig, but it, it's, it's definitely hot. Now I will tell you too, um, 
there are some places that, you know, most people think of as winter resorts like Streamsong down in, um, mm-hmm. you know, Imperial Polk County that, um, I, um, you can go down there as a Florida resident during the summer. And I guess some people do this with Disney. I do it with you know, golf, but, um, you know, you can, you pretty much, if you pay for your hotel, they pretty much give you the golf during the summertime. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it you know, you can get buck 50, $200 a night with golf included, uh, down there. And, um, wow. yeah, it's really hot, but, um, <laughs> if you don't mind putting on some, uh, sunscreen and a big ass hat, you usually can have a pretty good time. That's funny. Uh, you know, I, I found we, we I went there, I guess in the winter, it wasn't quite warm enough. I guess we just either it was a cold snap or it wasn't quite warm enough when I was there. It wasn't freezing, but it wasn't certainly like the sort of sunny winter Florida you imagine. Um, but that it's pretty interesting. Just the fact that 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 property, I mean, one is so expansive mm-hmm. and two the the ownership and just the sort of guts to build that thing and pull that off is pretty amazing to me. I always, I, I tell people it's, it's golf on Mars. Um, <laughs> actually was talking to their new, uh, marketing director the other day and we were having some conversations about some, some storytelling opportunities. And, um, I, I just, there's something about that place. I mean, it's, it's obviously, um, you know, kind of a manufactured experience, but, I find it very captivating. You know, it, it, um, I think the architecture of the golf courses is, is wonderful. Um, each one of them is a unique experience. I always kind of make this, um, um, sort of joke about, you know, one of them's the, the, the girl, you, you know, the blue course is the girl you marry. She's, she's beautiful and just, just really got this, you know, I don't know, feeling you want to give it a hug, you know, and it's just, you know, a lot of lasting, beautiful memories and, um, you know, gorgeous vistas. And then the, the red course is sort of the, the one that got away, the, the, that you find yourself drifting off thinking about, you know, you don't really understand how you shot an 80, but, but, you know, you, you really want to get, you know, give it another try. Um, and then that black course is like, you know, this, you know, dark hair, dark eyed, you know, leather booted, you know, cigarette smoking, you know, gal at the end of the bar that you really ought to stay away from. But you you also have a fun time having a drink or two with, you um, know, when you, when you started that description, I was like, I wonder where, how, how this is going to go. That was good. Well, the crazy part about it is they're all sisters, which is nuts. And, <laughs> um, but it's a cool place and the, you know, the hotel and the, the buildings and the architecture of all that, I think is a, a real, it's like a complimentary contrast to the land in some ways, if that makes sense. And I don't know, too, yeah, it just kind of works for me. It's um that the, the hotel, the, the building, it's like James Bond, mm-hmm. you know, it's wild. Um, and then, you know, I think we didn't, we needed to play the golf courses more, I think to really, extract the right sort of impressions out of it. Um, I sort of left scratching my head, not having played it all enough, um, which is good. You know, I think that's kind of, that's in a way part of what you want. You want to think about, you know, what it would be like to go back or to do it again. 
Um, and then I think that's interesting versus not wanting to go back. Right. Which some places kind of leave you with that feeling. Yeah. You know, I, I think sometimes about these folks that live, you know, a little bit more, um, you know, maybe in Northern California or live in Oregon, uh, they get to kind of, you know, slide out the abandoned dunes maybe at least mm-hmm. once a year or, or more mm-hmm. and, and are spoiled to have a relationship with those golf courses, you know, because mm-hmm. for the, you play it one time, you know, you, you obviously get a taste of it, but you just wish you could go play it 10 or 15 times and get to know it. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I feel a little bit fortunate with a place like stream song. Cause I've been down there now four or five times. And, um, you start, once you kind of get to that point where you start to, um, have a little bit of a relationship with the golf course, it, it, it starts to change how you think of it and, and it makes it better too. I mean, I said so like last summer when, you know, they were full blown, you know, pandemic mode, they, they opened back up, but with very little, you know, um, available, uh, mm-hmm. other than golf. And what they had done is they had the red and blue course, was slated to have uh, a greens renovation project this year. And they basically just expedited it and said, well, we're just going to go ahead and do this now. Um, and so only the black course was open. So we ended up having, you know, our, our annual guys trip. That's usually about 20 guys strong. Uh, we were supposed to go to sea Island, but they scratched because they had to close down again. And I called down there, stream song said, we can accommodate you. It's going to be pretty bare bones, but we're welcome to have you down here. Mm-hmm. And they did a great job. I mean, everything was just safe and well distanced. I mean, they really did a, a fabulous job with it, but we got to play the black horse three days in a row. And oh, cool. what was so neat about that is, you know, it's, I would, you would never go down there and do that, you know, on a normal scenario you would always go and you know move around and play other courses and um but to be able to play it three days in a row you i felt like i really had this relationship developed with the course where by the time you're playing the third one you kind of know how it's going to react to certain things and you can actually feel like you can actually play it instead of just sort of you know getting kind of blindsided by it you know the whole time you're out there so um yeah that's cool yeah how many how many times have you been over to sea island I've been there twice. I've been I've been to the St. Simons area probably five or six times. The most recent two I've were staying at the resort. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a, a club up there called Frederica mm-hmm. that um, I had a chance to go up there with a member and stay a handful of times uh, every summer for about four years in a row. And then um, it was funny the. Um, the sea Island thing kind of happened as far as staying at the resort goes, because my wife and I were going to go out to, uh, your, your general vicinity and, and go back and visit, uh, uh, Carmel and, mm-hmm. and Monterey last year. But, um, with things, you know, tied up the way they were, we decided to just stay over here on the East coast and, uh, went to sea Island and liked it so much. We've already been back once since. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, it's so it's, you know, it's right at, you know, three and a half, four hours from here. It's a really quick jaunt and they, they do things pretty well there. Yeah. Sea Island's great. I actually have family that live down there. So I spent a lot of time on St. Simon's and in Sea Island and, and just love that place. Uh, it's just so special and so much history down there. 
um, and Jekyll Island too. And, and all, all of that stuff. It's anytime I go back there, I'm always, I feel at home there. Um, but I haven't spent much time on the golf course at Sea Island. Unfortunately, I mostly was down there just visiting. Um, but uh, it's it's a cool place. I want to spend more time there and and kind of see what what they've done and just updating the golf courses and sort of redoing that that huge putting green and you know it's it's pretty cool what what's going on there. Yeah, they've they're definitely sniffing in the right direction as far as you know upgrading the golf experience. Um, the uh, I played the plantation course uh, on my most recent trip in December. And I found it uh, very compelling. It was, it was tough. The greens are the greens are pretty severe, um, and uh, you know if you you miss them on the short side, I mean you're you're going to have a really tough time getting up and down. Yeah. Um, but the whole experience is great. I mean, you know, like you said, the putting course out there, they got an incredible driving range. Now they've built all those cabins, and then the lodge is just a marvelous place to spend time yeah it's cool you could kind of your wife could go and do tennis camp if that's her thing and oh you could, yeah you could do you know go just work on your game you know with in that that practice facility right is amazing um just just a cool it's a cool place it is and i got the best the, the lodge has got the best showers i've ever seen in my entire life i mean no comparison <laughs> not even close that's funny um three and a half inch pipes is what they 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 wink at you and tell you i'm like <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, <laughs> Never knew I cared about that so much until you know, I know until you experience it, and you're like, oh yeah, this this is a big thing. It's. I was talking to. It's funny. I was actually talking to a friend of mine about Sea Island earlier today, and um, it, it it made me recall. I was reading this book recently. You probably would enjoy this it's by a guy named Jeffrey Madoff. Um, it's called Creative Careers: How to Make Money with Your Ideas. And he was talking about when he was working with Ralph Lauren um, years ago, he was doing a, um, I think it was a video maybe for, for his company's 50th anniversary or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was something of that, of that nature. He was up for some big honor and there was a big, you know, video that he was made off was produced. And in the conversations he was having with uh, Ralph, Ralph was telling him things like, you know, I, I imagine myself in these different movie scenes and these clothes that I produce are just what I would put on the characters in these movie scenes. That's, mm -hmm. that's kind of the approach that he took. And when I think about Sea Island, and this is kind of what the conversation I was having earlier was, is it's this place that I feel like you can, you can see yourself in a variety of different adventures. You can be riding on horseback on the beach. You can be wing shooting. You can be uh, playing a seaside golf course. You can be at a five-star, you know, fine dining experience in a tuxedo for the evening. You know, you can, yeah. you can see yourself in these little vignettes of, you know, uh, different adventures. And, and I, I, anytime I find a resort that allows you to kind of <laughs> – you know, play on a stage like that for a few days. I always, <laughs> I always am drawn to that. I mean, that's like escapism at its best, right? It's like doing things you wouldn't normally do in a setting that's beautiful. And I mean, I think that's like the compelling thing that we're all sort of looking for in everything. You know, if that's a trip to Italy or, you know, a trip to Southeast Georgia, uh, you know, I think that's a, that's a key part of, you know, just maintaining mental sanity. I mean, it's actually, 
when you think about golf or when I think about golf, the thing I love about it is, you know, it's a leisure sport for me. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that is important as, as much as, you know, you want to focus on your career, your family, your responsibilities, all these things that are so obvious. I think sometimes it's overlooked to not think about the things that you do to maintain your mental health, right? Your, your, you know, your sanity, like to, to make you excel in all the other things you do. Right. And to me, that's why I actually really love golf. Um, I love that it can help me sort of release tension or be in a beautiful place, not have my phone be, you know, on a nice walk. Um, I mean, just, you know, to, I lived super close to Riviera, um, mm-hmm. sort of, I would describe as painfully close because I obviously <laughs> can't go and play it. Um, unless, you know, I get lucky and someone invites me, um, which rarely happens, but you, it's interesting to think about that golf course and how it relates to everything around it. And it's, if you're there, you're in this little, you know, you're in this little Canyon and it's this beautiful open space. That's just not easy to find in LA, you know, and, that to me is like a pretty, you know, it's, it, to be out there in the morning has to be a beautiful experience. I mean, it's obviously it's Riviera, but just any golf course, you know, to be on a wide open piece of land uh, is, is pretty great, you know, and there's other ways you can get to that. I think that mental place, but golf, golf is good at, at getting me there. Right. Which I appreciate. Yeah. I, I echo that in full, uh, you know, to me, it's, it's, it's my meditation. I, you know, I, I, I've tried to do some meditation, you know, more, I guess, I don't know if formal meditation <laughs> is a, 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 that may be an oxymoron, but, yeah. um, I've tried that over the years and I've always, I always struggle, but you know, what I find is that when I go and play golf, I just sink into it naturally. You know I mean? I, I, I can completely detach when I'm on a golf course to a way that I can't do it. You know, there's no other way for me really to do it. Mm -hmm. And, um, the benefits to my mental state are so dramatic. I I don't even, it's, there's no way I can adequately describe it. And I spend a whole hell of a lot of words every day trying to describe it. You know, Uh, I actually think like I discovered you based on, you know, you, talking about some of these things and the way that you would express your uh, connection with golf uh, aligned really well with sort of how I would want to think about it or how I do think about it. And I think for me, that was a big draw. Um, I think, you know, that's one of the difficult aspects of golf sometimes is that there's, there's a lot of what, what we're describing lurking there or in it. And sometimes other factors influence people's, understanding of it or how they want to frame it or look at it or whatever. And to me, that's a little bit of a disappointment where it doesn't need to be complicated by a lot of other factors, you know, political or just how you approach it. Um, You know, golf to me seems like overly tribal in a way that I just, I don't sort of connect with. I just don't understand why it needs to be that way. Like if I have a McKenzie bag and I walk, you know, like, does that make me a terrible person? Like, don't we still have like a ton in common, you know, to, to be like put into a box because of that to me seems like, a, like missing the point. Right. Oh yeah. I, I, I totally agree. And 
you know, and I, I say that as someone who I think, you know, probably flirted with tribalism a little bit, you know, uh, a few years ago, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, in some of it maybe by accident, but, um, I think what happened, you know, a lot, probably a lot of it was the result of, you know, social media, which is, uh, not an uncommon mm-hmm. uh, problem, but you know, for me, you, was, you hated was, on Mackenzie Bag and Walkers. Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. Other way around. I was, I was the the uh, advocate. You know, yeah, yeah. I was. I what happened is, is as I was finding, it was like it was interesting. Social media allowed me to find the examples of how I wanted to live my golfing life. Mm-hmm. Um, I found other people self-included that I felt aligned with how I was seeing the game, my beliefs in the game. And I probably got to a point to where I might've gone a little too far in that direction and, and tried to overly proclaim that this was the only way to be. Mm -hmm. And, and I've, I've, I've since come back on that. I think, you know, quite a bit. And, um, you know, to me, look, I, I want people to love golf. I want people to use golf as a way to, connect with their fellow uh, man, fellow woman, fellow friend, fellow family member, everybody they can connect with. I want them to do that. I want them to use it as a place to, you know, discover who they are, who they want to be. And, you know, if, if that's riding in a cart and drinking beer with your pals on Saturday, more power to you. Um, You know, that I have a, I, I do that from time to time, but I also have, a very spiritual version of the game that I really like to indulge in and, and get lost in um, and travel for and connect with other, you know, uh, kindred spirits through. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm always going to be a champion for that, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to continue to try to refuse to be <laughs> someone who declares that's the only yeah. way. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm in the same boat. It's a, you know I I'll sort of play every version of the you know I'll, I'll be a part of maybe every different tribe at some point, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I I much prefer to do it a certain way, um, but that's it. All depends on where you're at and who you're with and what you're looking for. But you know the the reality is it doesn't matter what I do generally. Like as long as I'm polite, I should be able to do whatever version of golf makes me happy and it shouldn't impact anyone's life you know um yeah sometimes like it feels and i'm not stuck on this it's just a thought and since we're having a conversation about it you know i'll say it but sometimes it feels like you know hipster golf like i see that stuff thrown around in like major golf media you know will sort of do pointed little things about the ringer or whatever you know and it's like I'm, I'm, Mm. i'm not really into the ringer but like to me, if that's how those people want to spend their time, you know, that's good. Like you should make yourself happy. You know, there's like enough misery in the world, you know? Oh gosh. I couldn't agree with that more. I, you know, I, I am a, I am an eternal optimist. And, you know, one of the things that I see a lot of, and it's, it's, it permeates everything in the world today, but I hate when I see it permeate golf is this just, just negativity and, you know, let's, let's, let's go and rip on this for the sake of ripping on it. I, you know, look, I, it's easy to fall victim to it. I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've never done it and that I won't ever do it again, <laughs> but I try to stop myself when I find myself. Doing yeah. It. 
because you just sit there and go, what, what the hell am I doing? Why am I, why am I going down this of all the paths I could take today? Why is this the path that I'm going to choose? And usually what I try to do is just put the damn phone down and go, you know, hit a few balls <laughs> instead. And it all just fades away and back to the things that yeah, I love. And that's good. Um, but you know, it, your point, you know, that you, you mentioned like the ringer, you know, um, I read Derek's piece on that you know, the other day and I, I have a sneaking suspicion that that piece was inspired a little bit by a piece that came out a year or two ago in the New Yorker that I remember him sharing that he said he liked and I didn't like, um, about, uh, Augusta national mm-hmm. masters sort of framing it as this very cultish experience, which maybe it is. Um, but at the same time, you know, I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see anything wrong with people who go to the masters every year and have this indulgent experience and in, in what I believe to be one of the best sporting, um, you know, cultural events, uh, that's left in the world today. Yeah. Um, and I feel the same way about the ring. You know? I went <laughs> to the first one, had a great time, met so many people that I still stay in touch with today. Great people. And, you know, I think when you try to put, you know, labels and boxes on these things, it gets a little yeah. out of hand. I mean, I think, look, I agree about the masters. I think it's, uh, there's, it's unrivaled in, in the, the way it is and just how unique it is and how special it is. And, and, you know, I would say anyone that could go should go, you know, if you can make mm-hmm. it, you should do it. It's a pretty amazing experience. Um, even if you're not in, in, interested in golf, you know, which, can't imagine too many people listening to this aren't, but um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think, I, you know, just to be totally honest, I don't just from knowing Zach Blair on, on social media, but not knowing who he is, right. Having never talked to him or met him. Um, you know, I think as much as they were trying to paint that thing as, or whatever, you know, as much as that ended up being the story that was written, it made me like Zach more coming out of it, to be honest. You know, I was kind of, kind of like, he seems like a pretty just normal guy, um, oh, you know? Yeah. And so to me, it was like, it was almost like it, I saw that as like a story that got assigned that they sort of had a preconceived idea of what it could be. Right. And then it, it ends up not sort of meeting that, you know, early expectation of what it was. And so then it ended up being in this sort of mixed place where it was kind of interesting and it wasn't all bad, but then there were certain parts they, they sort of didn't like, but I don't know. It was kind of interesting, but you know, I think if you don't, if you, you don't like it, just don't just ignore it. You know, it's not that hard. Yeah. 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 I, I agree with that. And I, and I think there were pieces that there were some things in there that it probably could have been something maybe a little better, but you know, at the same time, it sparked a hell of a lot of conversation yeah. and, whatever you want to call it. So maybe, you know, maybe that's a success, yeah. but what, what do you um, think about so, yeah, so t- going to Sweeten's Cove and you mentioned it earlier. Um, what do you think about playing nine holes? I, I grew up on a nine hole golf course. I mean, I literally, you know, the only thing that was between me and the golf course was the tree house in my mm-hmm. backyard. And, you know, when I was uh, from the age probably of about seven uh, until 17, 
you know, I, I spent every minute that I wasn't in school out on the golf course playing that little nine hole track and I never got mm-hmm. tired of it. <laughs> you know, I loved it and I uh, still love it. And, you know, sweetens to me, um, that place, you know, I, I, I don't throw, try not to throw this around too lightly, but there's a couple of things that, that changed my golfing life. Um, and I, and I, or changed my adult golfing life. I, you know, everything that I did, you know, kind of prior to graduating college, I put it sort of in, in one category and then everything afterwards has sort of been this, I don't know, journey of discovering what I really love about the game mm-hmm. again. And the, the two most significant things, one was, uh, the first day that I spent at Sweeten's Cove. Um, because that day I felt like I unlocked, it was almost like a therapy session where the therapist unlocked all of the joys of my childhood, um, came like flooding back to me, you know? So, so those days that I spent at Havana golf and country club roaming around with my brother and our best friend and my dog from sunup to sundown all summer long out there you know, playing golf and you know, just imagining it to be every other course in the world and hitting different shots and just, just being just golf goofballs. It all came flooding back to me the first time I played that mm-hmm. place. That's, that's cool. Cause I, I was, I was like, you know, Oh shit. I was like, you're supposed to be a kid when you're out <laughs> here. That's what this is, you know? And then it's like, Oh man, why would I not want to be like a kid again every time I set foot on the golf course, you know? And it just changed. It, it was, it, it wasn't that it changed something in me. It was like it unlocked something that I had been in there for a long time that I had just forgot about. Um, and then I think, I think the other was um, reading uh, golf in the kingdom, which is another one of those sort of, you know, dividing lines in golf culture you know do you think that's a bunch of gibberish or do you think that's like this you know biblical yeah. text i i tend to be probably a little more towards biblical text but um but, so, yeah those so, both of those things mix but well. why do you think why do you think there's so much like what i mean the idea that like if you're not playing 18 holes you're not playing golf right like which i think sometimes floats around that that sort of sentiment i think it's just a you know, misguided notion, um, a misunderstanding of what golf really is. I mean, I'm, I'm a grandfather on, on the podcast last week and he's a, he just turned 87, still plays four days a week. Um, shoots his age every time. You know, he's a, he's an absolute character. And he told me the story about how he learned how to play golf, which was, you know, he had a broken five iron that someone gave him that he sawed off and, you know, made a grip onto and you know he was hitting golf balls between the cows out in the pasture behind his you know ramshackle <laughs> house that's golf you know he used to tell me about you know he used to bury a tin can out there and put a stick in it that's yeah. golf i mean it's not you know you don't have to have all these trappings to be golf uh you don't have to have 18 holes to be golf you just need a stick and a ball yeah. and a hole and, you know, I'm sure people will find, you know, there some to some people that sounds ludicrous, but I do believe that to be the case. 
Um, you know, if you can hit shots and, you know, lose yourself in that, that's golf, you know, and, and sometimes you get to be able to play three holes. Sometimes you get to play nine holes. Sometimes you get to play 12. Sometimes you get to play 18. Sometimes you get to play 36. As as long as you get a chance to get out there and get after it. Yeah. That's a pretty good day. Better than a lot of people. You know, a lot of people don't ever get to play a game. So no, it's true. It's, that's what I think. You know, my, my, I, so I have two kids uh, under like three and a half. So it's not easy for me to go play golf. I can't play golf on the weekends generally unless it's a sort of special situation or, you know, I've been extra good or something, you know, and, and granted, <laughs> granted release. Um, but, you know, I think my whole program always was I'll go Wednesday morning as early as I could and you know play nine holes and then be in my office by 9 30 this is pre-covid days and you know to me that mm-hmm. felt like a super win you know like kind of no one knew what i was mm. doing i you know managed to get out there and have enough of a golf experience that you know i was sort of you know appeased for the week and uh and and to me like that was you know it's it's hard to be able to go out and play you know 36 holes on a weekend right so you know, to me, just being able to get out a little bit was great. And I started to think, you know, why does it seems like nine holes is is the answer, you know, and just it's enough, you know. Oh, yeah. It, you know, and I was going back through some notes earlier today. Um, I'm, I'm working on my next book and I was reading a, a little passage about um you know, just that about, you know, golf being a, a pastime and, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about, you know, the golf boom, uh, COVID mm-hmm. boom, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, the, what it proves to you is that when people have time, they will mm-hmm. play golf. And, you know, time is the, is the, is the greatest dictating factor about whether or not people mm-hmm. are playing the game. And, you know, for the last 20 years, we've all watched our time just evaporate um, you know, mostly because I think, you know, we've, we've all found ourselves, you know, in this sort of 24 seven, I'm always on, I'm always yeah. working, um, you know, always have to be available mentality. And that is just, that's just changed. I mean, there's, there, I, and my hope is that that, if there's anything that stays with us out of this you know, pandemic, it's that people, um, have refound their time again. And we'll hopefully guard it, you know, much more closely and uh, not relinquish it <laughs> as easily uh, to, uh, you know, to, yeah. to whoever. Um, and, you know, and the great thing, though, is there is as we come back to golf and you know, how many holes and such is that, you know, you don't you don't necessarily have to always have, you know, four to six hours to go enjoy golf. If you've got two you know, hours go play two hours yeah. worth of golf. You're not going to walk away. Yeah. In half. It's true. I yeah. mean, you know, I think if you have two hours and you go play for two hours and you, you get in whatever you can and, you know, that feels like a, you know, like a win. And then there's other days when, you know, when you get to do the full and you go to a club and you warm up and have breakfast or whatever, and then you go play the full 18 then you have a cocktail and you hang out you know, like that is amazing too. You know, I think it's, if, if it can, you know, 
if it can absorb the time that you have just to be able to do it, I think it's great. Um, I think it, you know, one of the things that I think about sometimes is, you know, golf is a little dogmatic, you know, it's a little like it's only this mm. way. Uh, it can't be this other way, you know, which I think is, it's, it's a little rigid for me sometimes, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And, you know, but, that's the thing is like, um, you know, campy is good too. You know, like I, 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 I love the, you know, one time a year that I get to go and, you know, maybe eat a bone in Wagyu ribeye. Uh, but I like eating a damn cheeseburger off the, you know, local, you know, flipping <laughs> grill too, you know, um, they're, they're both beef, you know, they, and they're both really good. You just got to have the right, you know, you got to be yeah. in the right mindset, the right place to enjoy yeah, them totally. accordingly. Um, so, so speaking of all these things, you know, so, so tell me about what your, what your, um, you know, golf ventures and yeah. golf life. Yeah. Like so, you know, I, I, I write this newsletter. I've, I've written a blog. I was one of the first sort of mentor bloggers, um, which is pretty funny because I'm, I'm probably not when you meet me, the most fashionable guy in the world, but something I'm, I'm sort of very interested in, um, and just started this blog and eventually it became, you know, popular in the mentor world. And, um, you know, over the years, I've sort of transitioned that and now I, I just publish it as a newsletter. Um, and it's mostly focused on a, a lot of different types of companies that maybe otherwise you wouldn't have heard of or are doing something in old way. So I love the idea of all of these um, these these little old manufacturing brands that have existed for a long time and and why. Um, and so I'm sort of focused on a lot a lot of things like that. Um and, you know, so along the way, I, you know, I grew up sort of next to a golf course and I would always, you know, sneak on and play the three holes that were sort of the most secluded and within, you know, closest to my house. And that's kind of when I fell in love with golf. And then I lived in New York City for a long time and I never played golf really because I was just working all the time. And it was kind of too much of a lift for me, to be honest, to get out of the city and do it. Um, and then eventually I moved back to, or I moved to California, moved out of the city. Um, and I just started playing again. And, you know, I, I sort of brought all of, all of my interests and my taste and the things that I was used to from like a men's war world, um, and, and had a hard time sort of lining all that stuff up, um, with, with golf as I saw it. Um, and it's not that I think it's, uh, it golf needs to be cool or golf isn't cool or whatever, whatever that even means. Right. It wasn't anything related to that. It was just, I'm sort of used to, you know, clothes being designed and made in a certain way. And I just didn't really couldn't find what I wanted to wear. Um, and you know, along the way with my newsletter and with everything, people would ask me, you know, I'm, what should I, where should I buy this? Or, you know, all these, all these little things. And I thought, you know, there's, there's a lot of depth to golf, uh, from sort of, uh, and I hate to say it just like all the sort of lifestyle interactions, um, that, mm -hmm. that can play into golf and sort of how I would experience golf. Like if I went to Scotland, I probably would go do a few other things, play some golf, go to, you know, find, uh, you know, a special tailor or, a very unique shop in Edinburgh and where would we eat? And, you know, that's kind of how I would do it. It wouldn't just be all golf. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, there's probably other people that like this. So 
I basically have been working on this site that celebrates sort of the design oriented or, or other lifestyle things, the sort of concentric circles around golf. Um, and it's not necessarily super golf focused, but it's like a lot of the other things that maybe could be an enhancer uh, of golf. Right. And, you know, so I've, I've been working on that. Actually, that's kind of been my like COVID mission. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time on that and I'm getting, you know, very close to launching that, um, which I'm pretty excited about. And, you know, we'll see. It could be something that people find interesting. And I hope it'll be something that people will find, you know, open minded uh, and unpretentious. But you never know. It could all people could also say I'm the most pretentious person in the world, you know, which wouldn't be the first <laughs> time that that's happened. <laughs> yeah, that makes two of us. I, you know, I love the idea um, of the way you framed all that up, you know, the concentric circles, um, you know, w- when you're sitting there talking about, you know, taking a golf trip, but making sure that there is more than adequate amounts of time to, you know, drink in the entirety of the experience, you know, the way in which you travel to a place, um, you know, to me, traveling for golf doesn't mean, you know, <laughs> staying at the Hampton Inn and you know, just beating golf balls to you to your hands bleed. It's it's playing somewhere worthy of seeing, um, and then living that that golfer lifestyle around that experience. And you know, <clears throat> I had this conversation with my wife once when we <laughs> were first dating, and you know, I told her I was a golfer, and she said, "Yo, I I understand. You know, my my dad and my brother play golf." And I said, "No, honey, there's a big difference between." people who play golf and golfers. And, and I don't, and I don't you know, mean that to sound pretentious. What I mean is that in my mind, you know, a, someone who lives the lifestyle of a golfer is someone who, you know, loves um, to experience things maybe at a, a slightly deeper level mm-hmm. than most, um, you know, cause to me, that's what golf is. That golf is a, is a, is a walkabout. It's a, you know, it's a, 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 a spiritual adventure. It's a, a way to connect with nature and, and yourself and your friends. And, you know, again, you, you know, if you add up all the time, you're actually quote unquote playing golf while you're playing golf, you know, it's probably what about three and a half minutes, you know? Um, but the other, you know, three hours and, you know, 45 minutes are, um, those in between times where you're you're talking and you're telling stories and you're reliving other experiences and when you're traveling, oftentimes that is a reflection of all those other things you're doing mm-hmm. while you're on the trip and um, so all of that speaks to my language. So you can, you can count me in. <laughs> yeah, as, thanks. Know, reader number. Yeah, one. I think it. You know, look at the end of the day, like uh, I'm not overly precious about any of this stuff, but I actually. I do think a lot about where things come from and, you know, a lot of the reason why I ended up writing about clothing companies, because I was interested in, you know, all these companies that were making stuff in America. And to me, it was sort of, it almost seemed like ridiculous 10 years ago, even to think, you know, why people were still doing it, you know? And, and I thought, well, this, yeah. this seems interesting because, you know, they're, these people are holding on to this, right? They're not giving up when it seems like there's a lot of pressure against them to just, you know, close down and move everything offshore and it'll be cheaper. And, you know, 
the, you know, the town may change, but that's what it is. And so I grew up like in a place that just lost a lot of manufacturing. And I thought it was, you know, I always thought about, you know, the effects that those things had. And to me, you know, then I take that and I'm interested in, interested in golf, but interested in clothing. And it just makes me think like, who are the people making the things that we wear or we own or who are the people behind the company, you know, and what are they like? And what's, you know, is there integrity there? Like, are they interesting? Are they terrible to work for? You know what? So all of that to me was, you know, it was compelling to sort of dig a little bit deeper and, you know, I can't kind of can't help it. Like if I'm playing golf, I'm thinking about, you know, like if, if I'm playing golf and what I'm wearing, I'm thinking, I think about, you know, who the people are that made the sweater, you know, I just, I just can't help it. And, and I don't want to, I sort of just don't want to wear a plastic bottle as a shirt. It's just not my thing, you know? Um, <laughs> and, and I also don't think like if someone wanted to do that, you know, if, if they want to wear, you know, super technical clothing, then they can, you know, and, and I think that doesn't take anything away from me. Um, so I think that's a choice. Um, but you know, I just, I kind of can't help it sometimes to be curious about that stuff. And, you know, that ends up leading me into, you know, all these sort of funny little rabbit holes. <laughs> well, you know, I think, and it's my personal opinion, uh, that rabbit holes are some of the most <laughs> enjoyable places in the universe. Um, you know, I, um, <laughs> It's funny. I, I was, I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm I'm looking on my desk. There's a copy of uh, Wright Thompson's new book, Pappy Land, which mm -hmm. I finished recently. And ha no, have you had a chance I, to read I that? I think Wright is an interesting guy. I do too. I, I find him to be a fascinating individual on a lot of levels. And um, yeah, I don't know what it is about you know the the greater Oxford metropolitan area that produces. Uh, a lot of interesting folks that have gifted pens, but um, I, I, he, I, I get sucked into the way he, mm -hmm. he frames things. And you know, in that book, you know, the thing that I, I think I really enjoyed the most about that book and particularly when he's, you know, writing about um, uh, Julian Van Winkle is just this, you know, this really great sense mm -hmm. of give a damn, you know, um, which is in many ways lost, in the world. Um, you know, there, there's a, um, you can tell when you run across someone who really, um, puts a lot of thought and energy into everything that they're doing because most don't. So that tends mm -hmm. to stand out, you know what I mean? Um, and so when I think about, you know, in the golf space, when I meet someone who is intentional about the way that they're enjoying the game, someone who's traveling with purpose, someone who's playing uh, to, to, you know, to find something about themselves or about the game or about those that they're with. I'm always drawn to it because I just, you know, I feel like you pass by a lot of, and again, as I, for anyone who's going, rolling their eyes and hearing all this, I'm like, I know this sounds pretentious in some circles, but I feel like a lot of people live their lives on a, you know, on the surface level. And if you just willing to scratch a little bit deeper, 
for yourself and for those you're around and for the experiences that you're having, you'll find a, a much more extraordinarily yeah. or extraordinary existence. Yeah. I think it's, sense? you know, I think, I think that's a good point. And I, and I do think it's very valid. Some people I think are also just, you know, they're, they're trying to have maybe, you know, trying to absorb everything. Right. And I think, you know, there's, it's like, if you think about signal and the noise mm -hmm. right now, Right. And, and just like how much noise is in the universe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you said, well, I, you know, I didn't have time to work out today. You know, and then I, I said, Jay, well, I looked at your phone and it says you were on Instagram for four hours today. You know, I think you did have time. Um, but we're all trying to, you know, I think there's like it's actually been something interesting about what's been going on during the pandemic. You know, there's kind of a lack of FOMO out there. Where like you don't feel like everyone's out doing stuff that you're missing out on. You know, and to me, that's been very liberating where you, you're not trying to, like, keep up with everything that's happening, you know, and and I think that's a choice that some people make where it's like, all right, I'm going to downshift. Right. And I'm I'm not going to try to absorb everything in the universe. I'm not going to try to play every golf course in Scotland, you know, or whatever. Or, every, you know, I'm not trying to play every minute of every day and just like rush through it and then get on to my next thing. You know, I want to, like, have a connection with it. And. You know, I think this will be probably the most pretentious thing I'm going to say all along. But, you know, if you go to Presswick and you play those super old holes that are still there at Presswick with the original design, right? You're kind of like, to me, I think like I'm having a similar experience that someone could have had so long ago, right? And like I'm faced with the same questions that they were as they did this. To me, like that's pretty interesting, Um you know, does it mean I don't want to go play like a Jack Nicholas golf course or like some, you know, completely artificial place? Like I'm totally open to that too, you know, and I think that that is fun. But, you know, I think that there's, you know, if you really like dig deeper in some of this stuff to your point, I think you can discover layers that maybe you wouldn't, you know, that are easy to o o over, easy to miss, but then also very compelling to absorb, right? When you do dig into it. Oh, I totally agree. Well, and, you know, the other part of that is places, people, um, experiences that, that have stories with them. Um, you know, it's like when, you know, someone about Sea Island, right? It's like when I go there, I feel like I get the opportunity mm -hmm. to be part of a story. And I just always love that. I, I, I think, you know, we all want to have, uh, there's an you know an innate human desire, I think, to to want you know to be part of a uh, something bigger, mm -hmm. right? A, a bigger story. And if you can go to a place that that has a story, it, I just find it more interesting. Not that you know the place that you know someone you know carved out of the you know um, out of the earth here very recently isn't isn't fun and and, and interesting and good. I love I'm all for all that and. Um, you know, and when I go to those kinds of places, I end up, you know, badgering some poor soul in the pro shop because I'm trying to find out all the details I can. You know, I just I'm like, I'm curious. Tell me what's going. Tell me what the deal is. You know, um, and I don't know. I think it's just one of those things. Anytime you go somewhere and and you can find um, those layers uh, more readily available, it just it's comfortable. You know that I think some people are comfortable in the in the um, in the more surface level while others are more comfortable in yeah. the, 
yeah, yeah. in the in the deep yeah, end that's the, i mean so that's speak. the that's the beauty of life is that you can sort of follow the path that you want to you know i i guess especially life in america like you can choose you know how you want to live your life and what you want to be into which is nice yeah no well yeah it's like i when i texted the other night your uh buddy david coggins was you know swimming through my neck of the world over here up in uh thomasville and i was you know it's just fascinating to me right i mean i it, he was he was pinging me you know telling me where he was, he was heading to new orleans um you know which is interesting because most people i think would probably you know they drive down here to tallahassee and get on get <laughs> and stay in a hotel out on i-10 nothing wrong with that but he chose to stay in the paxton which is this beautiful bed and breakfast in thomasville yeah. it's just a different kind of experience and you know again to your point which i i love you know, America provides the opportunity to uh, enjoy a, uh, you know, any, a, a lot of different experiences along that spectrum. Um, and uh, it's fun to kind of, you know, tune your, <laughs> tune your yeah. uh, receptor to different uh, frequencies. Or, and it's see like, what the or find, like. find the version uh, that makes ends. you happy. Right. Or, or, or that's interesting to you. And right. look, there's no place in America, regardless of how I generally feel um, that I probably couldn't, you know, relish in the thing of that place. Like if it's Vegas, like I can do Vegas and mm -hmm. I, I would love it. I don't necessarily want to live in Las Vegas, but you know, I can go to Vegas and really have a fun time. Um, or it's like any other place, Florida, you know, I don't want to pick on Florida, but you know what I mean? Like any, you know, anyone could say, <laughs> Oh, there's nothing in Florida, but come on. There's like, a, there's a lot. And I think, you know, I think it's, it's about how you, how you want to, do you want to go to the effort to, discover that stuff you know which is cool yeah and to me you know effort is an interesting word to use because it does take some effort you know to to find certain things that are a little more off the beaten path um but at the same time it's a for, for at least for me it's a very joyous effort like i i i really enjoy those extra miles it takes to get to mm -hmm. that you know that payoff experience um, and you know, it makes me feel like, um, I don't know, just make it, it's, you know, it's hard to feel like a, you know, explorer mm -hmm. in the world, you know, sometimes these days, you know, I think, you know, most people kind of, it's easy to fall in that trap of believing that everything's been discovered and everything's been found. And it's then, and, and the reason that isn't true is because so much of it continues to be lost. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Again, you know I, mean, I mean, I think like it speaks to the larger issue with social media to some degree where, it's, you know, I think it's, it's difficult to find any sort of very individualized, for lack of a better term, curation, right? Um, you know, I think a lot of it's like, mm -hmm. I think, you know, say if you went to Scotland, not to keep bringing that back up, but like if you went to Scotland and depending on who you ask or where you got your info from would really shape your experience there, right? And, you know, I think the way that mm -hmm. social media is, it becomes, you know, it's like Iceland's a great example of this. If you go to Iceland, there's like hundreds of miles of black sand beaches, basically. But like every tourist, all of the guidebooks like zero in on like one spot. So every tourist goes to that one spot and it's super <laughs> crowded. I mean, for Iceland, Iceland's never really that crowded, but everyone goes to that one spot. And meanwhile, there's like hundreds of miles of, of other beaches that you could go to, you know, that no one knows about. And to me, like, that's a really, like, 
that's a, a perfect example of how like the social media, how just the way that information is sort of manipulated or you know, directed, right. Is problematic. You know, I think like the more independent voices there are and the more you can, someone can give you highly specialized advice, be that someone you follow that you read like you on Twitter or, or, you know, it's, you know, someone that you can find, um, you know, through a newsletter, like my thing, it's like, I think it's a different experience, you know, I'm not saying all social media is bad, but I think it's hard sometimes to figure out where to stay or where to go or have the good experience, you know, even if you want to, you know? Oh yeah. Well, of all my aspirations in life, I think my you know, top of the list is I want to be someone that, um, if uh, an individual I'm interacting with is traveling or getting ready to travel and they know that I've been somewhere, I want to be the person that they pick up the phone and call and say, Hey, tell me about your experience in this place, because I know you're going to be able to lead me to something yeah, that I'm not going to find anywhere else. And if I can be that person, even for a handful of individuals in the, in the world, well, you're going to, you're going to be I'm my call when I come through Tallahassee. Um, <laughs> oh well, nothing would nothing would bring me more pleasure um and t- funny you know I, I just did a whole bunch of um content for my friends at visit tallahassee that you know, again i i tried to do it through that approach is just say hey look let me let me show you what i would do if i had someone that i really thought the world of mm-hmm. and they came here for a few days uh, to play golf. These are the places that I would, I would actually take them. They're not the, they're not the, you know, necessarily the, the tourist stop. Yeah. They're the places I would actually take them because I believe these to be, you know, now, treasures now, of now that's like, varieties. you know, that experience, uh, like if I, you know, I meet you via Twitter, right. And that's the beauty of social media. So that's the other side of the coin, right? It's like to have a mm-hmm. friend in Atlanta that can take you to all those spots that maybe everyone doesn't know about. Right. Is that to me is like, you know, and what you're saying is like, that's a real win. That's a big deal. Um, that's like how you want to live your life. Oh yeah. Well, you know, in, another way to look at it, right. Is, uh, you know, <laughs> I want to meet the people who, um, you know, if Anthony Bourdain was still in the world and, uh, was bringing his, uh, wonderful show to their town, I want to, I want to go and meet the mm-hmm. person there that he would have to have on the show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like those are the people I just find you know, fascinating that are, they, they can tell you all the ins and outs and nooks and crannies, the good and the bad, you know, laugh at the, at the, at the good and appreciate the bad and you know, the whole, the whole lot in between. Um, I just find that, you know, folks who kind of have that mentality about wherever they call home to That's be cool. uh, somewhat irresistible. Um, but, um, you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's fun to try to be a guide and it's fun to interact with other guides like that, uh, yourself included. So, so tell me, so what's, what's going to happen next with, um, the ACL, you know, golf site, you know, it's funny, we've been working on stories and the site is built and we've been doing stories and I'm kind of working out just like the last few little details. I feel like it could probably launch like in a day or something, you know, and so it's going to be very, very soon. Um, that I'm going to put it out uh-huh. into the world. And, you know, again, I'm not trying to paint myself as a golf expert, um, you know, and, and it's funny, I've interviewed a couple guys like on the PGA tour and 
uh, you know, I, I'm just, I'm not a golf expert necessarily. I feel like I'm well informed, but, but you know, I'm not, I don't remember every shot in every hole in every golf course. Um, you know, and which a lot of these very, very talented media guys know, uh, men and women. Um, but you know, I think like I have a very specific point of view and, to me, it feels like there are certain people out in the world that share that point of view. And, you know, whether it's, you know, like you're saying about being intentional or about thinking about what you're, you know, what types of things that you buy, um, or if it's just like wanting to have, you know, I think your personal style can enhance your experience in things. Um, And it can say sort of certain things about, your take on the world or, or sort of how you view the world or how you want the world to view you. And look, it's not a superficial thing that, you know, it, it'll, if you're not dressed a certain way, that's the only thing that matters. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but I do think like it's an enhancer. Mm-mm. And I think if you're into it, you're into it. Um, and, you know, to me, I just, I've had a hard time sort of finding a place to go to sort of nerd out on some of that stuff or, uh, or to find the interactive points um, you know, the, the things that intersect with golf that aren't golf, you know? So if it's like just McKenzie's like a good example, like if you're interested in things that are made in the U S and like in a traditional way, like that's kind of interesting to me, you know? Um, but it's not just that it's like, you know, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of everything else. And, and, you know, it's, it's more just me wanting to carry my enthusiasm for, things, you know, along with golf, you know, more than I'm trying to sort of say, I'm going to overtake like every golf style writer, you know, which is not, not my interest, you know? (laughs) Well, I like the word enthusiasm and and enthusiasm is a very good thing. Uh, We should have enthusiasm for the things that we enjoy. And, you know, I think when you talk about, um, personal style, really what that is, Mm -hmm. is uh, an expression of enthusiasm. Um, and you know, for whatever reason, um, I don't, you know, I don't fault people for this, but I just think a lot of people lack enthusiasm for a lot of things that they do. Um, and I think, you know, when, when anytime you can help others find reasons to be enthusiastic, um, that's a good thing. And, um, you know, sounds like you're, you're, you're about to launch something that will do just that for people (laughs) in those uh, concentric circles. You know, I think, look, even if you're not into something, you can, you know, there's a lot of ways that I think just effort will get you a long way in life. Um, And I think like putting a little effort into sort of what you buy or how you look is never going to sort of be a negative for you. Um, I sort of equate that to like being a father and, you know, sort of saying, I'm not going to, I'm never going to be capable as a father to, you know, be on my own with the kid. Right. To my, my point of view was always like, my goal is to be as good or better as anyone else. Right. And taking care of the child. So like my wife would never feel weird about leaving me or, you know, it's like, I would never have to ask for help. You know, to me, it's like, that's, that's a huge thing. Like, I think like, that's a personal challenge. Like, why would I ever want to be like, I can't leave town because Michael can't take care of the children, you know, like as a, as a person, I just think that's like a, yeah, that's just, that's, you know, that's just lazy, you know? 
So that's kind of like how I approach life. And I'm not saying like it's the only way or, you know, this is how you have to do it. But that's sort of how I've chosen. That's the path that that I want to take. Yeah, no, I like that. <laughs> and, uh, as someone with uh, my own three-year-old and one more on the way, I can <laughs> I can certainly relate to everything you just said in that last uh, segment. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, I like the way you put the effort goes a long way. You know, I, I, I use the expression with people sometimes that, um, you know, most things mm-hmm. aren't all that hard, but they do require effort. Yeah. Um, and that is the hard part. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, the, the actual doing is not yeah. the hard part. It's the fact that you got to put the effort in, um, and, and be able to do it, you know, Day in yeah. and day out, uh, no matter what it is you're up to. And I think that's why a lot of people golf is not for many people is that, you know, in order to, 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 you know, accelerate your skill level. I mean, I, I basically learned as an adult, I mean, I played when I was a kid, but you know, never, never really learned the game as a kid, like officially. And so, you know, it was a lot for me to overcome as an adult. Right. And that was part of what I liked about golf was, it's actually as a 30 something year old, I was having to try to master something physical, right? Which I hadn't done in a long time and actually made me feel mm-hmm. like I was a kid. Um, and I just, I haven't thought of, had used that sort of part of my brain in a long time. It felt like, um, so I think that's interesting. And, you know, I, I always think that if I had to go back and, you know, like if I was, my all of my ability, my my lackluster ability in golf, if it was all stripped away and I had to relearn it, I don't think I could get through it again. You know, to be honest, as much fun as it is, <laughs> it's just you know, it's there's a it's a steep learning curve. Yeah. It, it's not unlike being a parent. You know, no, it's not. I I had a we had a little uh, one day tournament out at our club last weekend, and I hit I double bogeyed the last two holes of the tournament, uh, which was suboptimal, you know, not good. And, uh, I, I, yeah, suboptimal. I looked at my friend and I kind of winked at him and I said, can you believe it? <laughs> it's taken me 30 years to be that shitty. You know, it's like, <laughs> but you know, you, you, you know, the next day I was out there walking around with my wife and daughter. With the <laughs> in my hand trying yeah. To, I mean, I think actually that's like the again, elite, you know? elite players like are so good at that mental separation. Right. It's like they, you know, I don't know. It's like watching, uh, the Genesis yesterday uh, made me think, uh, you know, I w- if I was Max and I saw that lie by that tree, I probably would have just been, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm done, you know. And then he just like finds a way to make it work and and doesn't, you know, isn't intimidated by it, you know, which is pretty amazing. There's a metaphor for life in there somewhere. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, that whole, you know that was really fascinating to watch. You know, I, I was, I had to uh, actually watch it on my cell phone because my <laughs> daughter has hijacked my brand new television for uh, Elena of Avalor uh, is this, you know, show du jour, but uh, you know, I'm watching it and you got, you know, two really compelling scenarios there. You got, you know, Max who's had his own journey and then, um, you know, misses that putt on 18, yeah. hits it behind the tree. You know, he's dealing with a lot of adversity. And then you got Finau over here who's, you know, just, I mean, making millions and millions of dollars with runner-up finishes and top tens. And um, you just, you know, you can tell he really wants to get that next win, but it just, 
you can't quite get there. And, um, you know, oh, yeah. those are pretty two compelling scenarios, which pretty kind of, kind of rare for the tour. I feel like to have that much, you know, compelling action on one screen. I don't, I don't get sucked into it. Um, yeah, that was that like two, often, two was, Buffalo Bills teams playing, you know, where I just, I can't ever watch the Bills and just not think, <laughs> man, I hope they win. You know, they deserve it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I don't know, maybe way. Tony yeah. is just, you know, he wants it too badly and that's the problem. And once he gets through this, it won't even be an issue, you know, but right now it's just, he's got the pressure on his back and oh, yeah. so it's just too hard to make it connect. You know, it's, it was, I was kind of like, whoever wins would be great. Even Sam Burns. Yeah. I was like, if he wins, it'll be great too. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with you then. And, and, you know, and, and then the other side of me is just looking at the golf course going, <laughs> Well, I sure would love to go squeeze in uh, after they yeah, get the hell you know, off of there. Yeah, you know, Riviera is just—it's its just such an amazing place. Uh, it's cool. They all, you know, so much affinity for the golf course this week. I don't know if I was like paying, you know, or last week. I don't know if I was paying more attention to it than I normally do, but it felt like, uh, you know, just everyone loves Riviera so much. They their brand. Uh, <laughs> seems ascendant at the moment. And I think it's been happening for a few years. Um, you know, it's been a minute since they've had, I think, I think the last major there was like mm-hmm. 95 PGA, Steve Elkington one. Um, they're going to get, someone's going, they're going to get a nod soon. You can just, you can just kind of feel it that it's, that it's coming. I mean, that, that USAM they had out there a few years ago with Doc Revan and uh, Doug Ginn was just incredibly compelling. I mean, that was, yeah. You know, just a, which one of the yeah, great it's American pretty it's pretty cool place in, i mean not in, inexpensive to join uh <laughs> that's the only thing i would say <laughs> about that it's like the capital city country club <laughs> is that like, true uh, capital city is uh you know no 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 <laughs> yeah if you got if you got 25 dollars and uh you know some balls rattling around yeah you know i i like the fancy locker room place, and i like but... getting dressed out of my trunk you know so I'm in regardless of that, I either way I know golf's yeah. on the back end of that. Well that's that's kind of maybe the, the gist of all this, right? You know, whether whether some find it uh pretentious or not is uh I can find the uh, the exquisite joy uh in the nicest, most luxurious room with the finest thing on the menu, you know, a, a day of golf at the seaside course at Sea Island and cocktails in the you know want by the fire in the lodge afterwards uh and i can also you know get a real big smile on my face uh you know mm-hmm. uh it, it sweetens cove and and you know propping my bag <laughs> up against the you know porta potty when it's done you know i mean it's, yeah. they're great. both outstanding experiences <laughs> yeah uh well my friend this has been wonderful and the time has really blown by I'm, i say that because uh once again i'm i'm using the uh uh <laughs> you know call of daycare a few blocks away as as my my exit strategy for the yeah it's been it's been but great great to talk so to you and thank, thanks for having me and i hope uh you know hope i haven't blown this you know hope... no no i think you know you've you've excelled per usual and uh i can't wait to dig into the to the site what the site will yeah. be it's just uh, acl like uh the live, what, acl comes from be? my blog which was called a continuous lean but it's just aclgolf.com 
uh, and uh, and it'll be hopefully by the time this is in the in the world, it will be in the world. That's my hope. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I, I can't I can't wait to dive into that, and uh, hopefully uh, it won't be too long before you and I, I can I'd love uh, that. get out. That would be I couldn't uh, think of anything better to be people. honest. <laughs> uh, uh, right, feeling cool. is mutual Thank you, Jay. we'll uh we'll look forward right. to doing it soon cool michael yeah man Thanks. good catching we'll up you with soon. you and uh be well out there on the Bye. west coast